This is Courage Cast. More power, less fear, so you can make a difference. Well, Don Barton, welcome to the Courage Cast and the Courageous Community. We want to welcome you wholeheartedly. Thank you from Pensacola, Florida. I'm so excited to be here and Pensacola Beach Town, Florida, and it is black outside. It is pouring so hard, like black. Really? really? Oh, man. I I, well, you know, uh, you got to put a, how far away for, uh, from the beach are you? We are uh, 20 miles from having our feet in the sand. We used to live two miles away and we decided <laughs> we decided we wanted land to have horses. This is before I knew that horses had access to one's bank account to see how to completely drain it. So if you are a horse person, you know what I'm talking about. But we moved out to have some land and my parents live on the on in our guest house. My mother-in-law lives in the house. It's like the whole rigmarole. Oh man. Well, I'm so glad that um I'm I know this and I'm so glad uh we have no interest in horses. I have a daughter, she's 11. Uh <laughs> but she doesn't seem to have any interest in horses. So I will keep, it keep that, that quiet. That and American Girl. I've I've avoided yep. the two biggest expenses of my life. Oh, they're um, coming. They're yeah, coming. I know. The, the wedding's yeah. coming and all kind of <laughs> uh, Well, Don, I uh I, I have just been so curious about you and I've been looking forward to this conversation. And and by the way, everyone that's uh, on live in the courageous community, feel free to post your questions. You can either post them in the Facebook group because we're live in our group, or you can go ahead and post them. Uh, if you're a live participant in our Zoom call, you can feel free to ask questions there. There's a Q&A section. There's also a chat room. So feel free wherever you feel comfortable um, as you're watching to just uh, join in uh, and enter into the conversation as we're talking. Uh, it makes it more fun when we uh, we get to bring everyone else in. So uh, Dawn, let me ask you, uh, there, you have an entire, like your bio says, an entire Hallmark movie uh, in your uh, in your past. So, um, I'd love to just kind of get to know you just a brief bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, where Where should we start with with all of this? Well, I kind of have this down now to a, a fast thing, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna dish it for you. So, okay. I am somebody who, um, in my life, I have I've lost a child to a rare bacteria of pneumonia. I have uh, been raped. The man was caught. It went to a full jury trial. I had stage three triple negative breast cancer. My husband battled with alcoholism. He's five years sober now. My sister passed away from cancer, my only sister. My mother had a brain aneurysm that burst and went through a divorce. Lots of things. But two and a half years ago, I was the number seven sales director in Mary Kay Cosmetics. And um, I had a dream. God said, you're going to write a book. And I said, Oh no, I'm not. I'm not a writer. I'm not a reader. I'm not your girl. And, um, on May 26th, my book was released and it's a book of joy. It's about, you know, figuring out how to find joy, how to find, um, passion in the most unlikely of places. Yeah. Um, when you have every reason in the world to stop, to cry, to fall down, that you still pick up and choose joy. So, um, in May laughing through the ugly cry came out. And here we are. Yeah. So the book is called Laughing Through the Ugly Cry and Finding Unstoppable Joy. And like every picture I see of you on the website is so like, I want to hang out with Dawn 
Barton because you 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 just look like you're you really are full of joy. Is that I mean, how did we get there though? Like you you went through all of this stuff. Most people would not find joy on the other side. So kind of just talk about the process of finding joy. Like what is there are there phases to doing that? Um well you know, what, what um is that? What's that like? Let's acknowledge that on a podcast, I look lovely, but that I have had plenty of ugly cries as we talk about. I've had a lot of grieving. I've had a lot of pity parties. Um, but in all of those things, there still comes a point when we make a choice. Yeah. We make a choice to live in, um, I don't want to even, sometimes it's a victim mentality, but sometimes it's a, I feel sorry for myself and I have every reason to hate the world. And so I get to behave as such. Um, but there for me with every single time, there was a moment where it was dawn, get out of bed, like mm. take a shower today. So it, it wasn't that I was this perpetually, I think I am a happier person. Um, but in the beginning of, uh, in my twenties, I was raised what I call Catholic light and my, my faith was spotty at best. And then when I lost a child, I said that I would absolutely not um, love a God that took babies from mommies, especially yeah. when I was on my knees praying for him to save her. And so I sort of broke up with God for 10 years and had this um, journey of him layering people around me that brought me back. Can and I, I say you, that because- Can I stop you there yeah. for a minute? Um, yeah. Losing a child, how old was your uh, daughter? She was nine months old when she died. Nine months old. And this was mm -hmm. how many years ago? It's a long time ago. Well, um, I had I have at the time I had two daughters and one was two and one was they were two years apart. So Mackenzie's so, almost uh, three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's 31 now. So it's been a long time. I was trying to like do the math in my head. <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah. so about 25, 29 years ago, something like that. 28, which is odd ago. given that I'm like 32. Yeah, I know exactly. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so weird. It is. I it just is. turned 50 actually proudly hey, just turned 50. So. I'm there next year. I'm there. Are next you? Year. Yep. Yeah. And we look great, don't we? I mean, let's just we stop do. and just give give ourselves some some pat on the back of how good we look, right? For, I don't for know what age. we thought. I don't know if we're making excuses because we are older that we're like, this is so great, but I really <laughs> did feel that way. Not, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I, I the do twenty year olds are looking at us going, Lord, oh my gosh, I look know. at them. They're well, so sad. <laughs> my tw my twenty year old definitely <laughs> thinks I'm weird, but hmm. um, so. So Dawn, so back to that moment, that time when you decided, you know, when you lost your, your child, um, were you also, was it also affecting your marriage at the time? Um, I read in so, your bio also that uh, you were divorced or you went through. Yeah. So we went, um, we lost her in June and then we separated in August. And then in December, a man broke in the house and I was raped in February. We got divorced and it was, it was just this numb, checked out, awful, hellacious year. And I say year, it was actually several years of a lot of therapy, um, a lot of wading through just the muck. Mm. So, I mean, I would imagine, I mean, it's so difficult for marriages to, to survive anyway. It's 95% um, of marriages that lose a child divorce. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, can you talk about that? Like looking back on it now, um, is there anything that could have been done differently or are you sort of at peace and content with the way it, the way it happened was the way God allowed it to happen or, or, you know, where, where, 
where did you land on that? How did you find that joy and that peace with it all? Well, um, I would be, we were so young. I mean, we're talking about, we were in our early Mm twenties. We were two people that are, we're not, we're not even emotionally developed, much less being able to wade through something so heavy. Um, it was really hard. He actually passed away several years ago after we were divorced. Um, he was a good man. We were just two people that yeah. I think we were like in over our heads, so to speak, yeah. you know, on more yeah. than we could emotionally maturely handle. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, you've really been able to come to a peace with that. Mm-hmm. And now For how sure. were you able to, I'm kind of breaking these these massive incidents. I mean, a book could be written just on one of these, um, but so I, I want to kind of break it down like a little bit. What, how were you able to find joy after and come to a place of maybe you said you broke up with God. How did you get back together with God through it? Well, God's the coolest. First of all, he's just mm. cool. And the way he's like uh, customizes things specifically to you. Um, he put, just the right people in my life that sprinkled just enough faith for me to go. Okay. Okay. And, and just, it was just, I felt like he was always saying, take one more step towards me, take one more step towards me until in my thirties, when I was just all in completely, totally and utterly, which was a great place to be. And actually I found my faith and that level of faith because I got into a direct sales company mm-hmm. and what was modeled around me and the people around me made me want more of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so crazy. And then, um, then when I was diagnosed with cancer, it, it was a very different journey to go through something so hard with a faith versus not having faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole different story. And at the time my husband was, um, he's an airline pilot, but he went active duty for a year and he was in Bahrain mm-hmm. when I was diagnosed with cancer. So, um, I was single mom in it during that journey. And then he came back kind of at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so you got remarried. Um, did you have more kids then? We did. We have our, our daughters are uh, 17 years apart, 16 years apart. Um, we have a 13 year old now. Wow. uh, Wow. We have a 13 year old and then the 31 year old is married and they have four children. So we have, I know it's just, it's all kinds of <laughs> being a grandma and a mom at the same time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The 13 year old is an aunt to four. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? I know. <laughs> are they older than her? No, they're nine. The girls are nine okay. and then a four year old and a one year old. And um, I remember when Mackenzie was, my daughter was going to have a baby. And I kept saying to the younger one, Ella, I said, you're going to be the aunt. You're going to be an aunt. You're going to be an aunt. And finally she just broke out crying one day. And she said, I do not want to be a bug. (laughs) A bug. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was the funniest thing because she didn't understand what an aunt was. So it was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's so adorable. So, um, so let's talk about your direct sales. Um, kind of go chronologically here. So, um, you said a big part of you embracing God again was, uh, joining, um, a direct sales company. Tell Mm -hmm. me what that you said you, you were, you ended up becoming the number seven leading sales executive. Sales director in Mary Kay. Mm -hmm. Kay. Did you Mm -hmm. have the pink Cadillac? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
Anyway, yeah. um, well, that's that's really important for me. I, I, I love to hear about that. We don't have anything like that in DoTerra, so it's just it's just pretty pretty cool to. Um, yeah, it it was, and it was. Um, I have thirty years of sales and marketing background. My my, I was in sales forever, so I was always hit up by people in direct sales companies wanting you know me to join their team, and I was like, no, no, yeah. and no, and no, and no go away. Never going to happen. Uh-uh. No way. No how. Yeah. And, um, and I was also a bit of a snob, a cosmetic snob for sure. So my daughter actually got into Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. And before the, the friend of mine who had been asking me to do it again and again and again, I just said, no. And I was, I knew her well enough to go like, hell will freeze over. It will never, ever happen. Yeah. And she just kept on, kept on. But then she offered it to my daughter who at the time was 18. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she said before the daughter signed up, you know, it makes more sense to put her underneath you. You sign up, put her under you. And that way you're always earning money on what she does. Yeah. And I was like, well, that mathematically does, that does make sense. You know, but very so, smart. Very yeah. smart. I was like, it was non-emotional. It was Did just, you get I conned? Getting, did you feel like at the time, like I'm getting conned here. What is this all about? How did I get? No, I no, I didn't know. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes uh-huh. sense. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then, uh, and then 90 days later, I had to earn my first Mary Kay car. So, no way. Yeah, yeah. 90 days you can earn a car? Yeah, yeah. What car was it? Gosh, back then it was like, a, um, well, 90 days after that. So six months in, I had actually earned my second car. So I think that was a Chevy Equinox. What was that? I didn't take the first one. I took uh-huh. the cash. Is it like a lease that you get or something like that? Or how does that work? Yeah, you I'm get it. It's a lease. You just show up at the dealership, you sign the papers and you get up, you have a car for two years. It's, um, uh-huh. it, it, you requalify every two years. So Got it. Got it's it. pretty okay. amazing. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, I never expected to, <laughs> I fell in love with the women in it, with the people, I think more than I ever, I never, ever thought I would like it. Ever. Right. That's. I want to stay there for a minute um, yeah. and talk about it because so many, so many of my listeners are uh, in network marketing and yeah. uh, and direct sales. So, uh, so you didn't want to get into it. You just you had, you had all the negatives about it, um, and so did we. I can relate with mm-hmm. you on that. My yeah, wife, yeah. Thought we would. Uh, mm-hmm. Just unique circumstances. My wife fell in love with the product. And I fell in love with the people, and so did she, um, that we got to surround ourselves with. Uh, so tell mm-hmm. me about that. That was what kept you in it, was the community? For sure. Um, by the way, I did not ever try the product before I joined. No way. So, no, I never actually tried the product. Um, so anyone who's thinking that people won't join to help somebody, you are wrong. I signed up just to help my child be supportive, but also to make money off of her. <laughs> there was that. So um, you, you signed up to, to make money off of her, so to speak, but, but you also then started selling. Yeah. How did you I get, just, how did you get, how did you start to sell? Did you start to see her make money? And, so I started using the product and I okay. thought it was phenomenal and okay. I had been using really expensive stuff and this was a fraction of the cost and I saw more of a result. So it's sort of like the, uh, when I say the obnoxious, excited, dorky human that will not quit talking about it, it was that kind of thing. Mm. And that people are so drawn to ex- authentic excitement on something. Yeah. Yep. They always want a piece of it. And so that's how I built so fast in the beginning because I was that passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And I think I had that um, too dumb to know any different, you know, mm-hmm. that, because I'll never forget about a year in somebody said to me, Oh, 
I can't believe you're still here. It was a nasty comment. I can't believe you're still here. People who you go that fast don't usually stay. Mm. And I was like, and it messed with my head so bad that I actually slowed down for years. (sighs) Isn't that crazy? We live up to the expectations of others sometimes. Oh, for sure. But I was like, I guess I am doing stuff wrong because I'm not doing it. Maybe the I, I question myself so much, so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And I think that we all do that. We all do that. So you you fell in love with the product, but then you said you fell, you fell in love with the, the other women. You had a heart for the other women. Oh, they were so, they were so, it was the first time I had been in a culture where uh, women totally, utterly, and completely lifted up other women. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, you know, there wasn't a backstabbing, mean. I was in in a group of the, the family I was a part of was um, Christian and loving. And I, I just never seen, I mean, not that I'd been only around mean women, but I'd actually been in a sales environment that I was one of the few females. Yeah. So I was usually yeah. working with men. And when it, when there was another female, it was so, I mean, we were in such a competitive environment. Um, right. And this one, nobody, it, it was so loving. It was so good. It was, mm-hmm. I, I, I used to always joke that they would cheer for you saying your name, right? You know, yeah. but it's like, oh, look at how she said her name. That's so good. <laughs> and there was all of this recognition. And I was, it was, it was a company that was wired for me. And I never even know, knew, yeah. you know? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, and, and I'm inspired by that because I, I feel like we have a great community of, mm. of people faith-based. Um, I mean, we don't push it on people, but we definitely love God and love others. Yeah. And that's our, that's our mission. That's the way we live out our, our business. Uh, it's fun and exciting to do it as a business, but it's also tremendously challenging. And I think a lot of people would have quit by now mm-hmm. if they didn't mm-hmm. have a good environment to be a part oh, of. 100%, 100%. And even sometimes when they, you know, cause sometimes people are only in for a season and that's completely okay. But I hope that the and I think that you guys are doing the same thing, that the blessing that they had in that season is a good one that they leave with, right? Yeah. That they leave with just like a big, it feels like a hug and a kiss. Just, yeah. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we, we honor you no matter what you choose to do. Yeah. It's right. hard. And it, did you find it hard to, or maybe you found it easy to um, lead a, a volunteer army? Because that's really <laughs> what you're dealing with. Of women. Of women. Uh, <laughs> are there any men that do Mary Kay? I don't think so. No, right? no, no, not really. No, that, uh-uh. that'd be weird. No. Yeah. Um, it's already weird it that we do essential oils. Uh, <laughs> um, did I find it hard? Is that the question? Yeah. Did you find it hard to lead a volunteer army or because I you had such a great it. community, you, you didn't find it difficult? I loved it. I mean, in, in anything you're going to do, you're going to, it really taught me how to um, work with other personalities Mm-hmm. Um, I am, uh, I don't know if you guys do the disc. Do you guys do yep, DISC? Yeah, do disc. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and, or we, Enneagram, I'm a so a D. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> and I remember one of my uh, team members was earning her first car. She's an S. And mm-hmm. an S is the one that I always was like, mm? like, <laughs> huh? <laughs> like polar opposite in a sense yeah. and S and C's. And I remember we were sitting on the sofa one day and I'm looking through numbers. I'm like, well, it's not, it's not, it's not going to happen. I mean, let's wait, we're going to have to pivot. And she started crying and I'm like, you're crying. What are you, what are you doing? I don't know what to do with this. And I'll never forget it. It's one of the greatest lessons. She goes, as much as you're feeling that way, I'm feeling this way. And she's one of my dearest friends to this day, but also one of the greatest lessons on how to, 
truly understand how other people um, thrive, I suppose, you know, yeah. and so it became my um, goal to how do you pull the best out of every single person? Um, and a lot of that's training on our own part, you know, to increase our own skills to how do we um, pivot to another personality type? I, I would love if all the, the, the world were D's and I's, it'd be super easy for me because I know how to do this. Um, <laughs> but the S's and C's, man, they stay with you. So, yeah. you know, that it's just, I, I loved, I love the challenge. I love the learning. I love the women. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Leaving was one of the hardest things to this day I've ever done in my life. Can I ask you why? Yeah. Um, so I sound like a crazy person when I tell it from the spiritual standpoint. And I know that. I mean, there are some people that are just not like you had a dream and God told you to write a book. Mm-hmm. Okay, crazy mm-hmm. lady. No, um, well, I, I think you're totally normal. My wife has yeah. crazy dreams. So we yeah. And God so, um, the, and that was in the beginning of November. I left Mary Kay at the end of February because it took four months of the push of him saying, take a leap of faith, take a leap. I have more for you. Take a leap of faith, take a leap of faith. And I was like, Mm-mm, no, no, this, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to, according to our contract, I wouldn't be able to promote the book. Mm. So, um, there was a, there was a legal piece as well. Uh-huh. And I knew that God was calling me. I had actually a true confession here. I don't really tell this story very much, but, um, we had, they'd flown us to Dallas for like the top producers for an event. And, um, I was there and I just sent a message to the woman above me and said, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do both. Yeah, I got this. I'm going to do both. Don't Are worry about eight me. on the Enneagram or seven I, or three. I, exactly. So it Which always goes you? back. One of the three, mm-hmm. I did take a formal big test and it came back seven. But at one point, I would tell you that I believe I'm three, not seven. Yeah. So it was so only one I, number off. You and I. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. So uh, I walked in the 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 big boardroom and somebody was speaking and she was telling the story, and it was the story of a little girl and her mom. They go to the the store. The little girl finds pearls. She loves them. Mom, can I have them? I said yes. You got to do some chores to earn them. She said, okay. She goes home and the little girl wears, wears these pearls like nonstop, like they stink, like they're gross. They're <laughs> disgusting. They're yeah, two dollar pearls. She wears them all the time. Well, her dad puts her to bed every night and he's tucking her in. And one night he says, do you love me? And she says, yes. And he said, will you give me your pearls? Oh, daddy, no, no, no. You can have my Susie doll, but no, I love my pearls so much. No, no, no. So next night he comes in reading her story. He says, do you love me? said, yes. Will you give me your pearls? <gasps> no, daddy, you can have all of my books. You can have all these, but no, you, you not my pearls. Mm-hmm. And the third night he comes in and she is crying and in her hand are the pearls and she has them out to him. And he looks at her and he hands her real pearls. And mm-hmm. I, it was like a gut punch that I just felt like God saying, trust me. If you will let go of this, I have, I have there's more for you. Oh man. And I knew in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a great story. Let's let's yes. remember that, guys. Uh, we've got to remember that God does have more. And if he continues to ask you for it and you continue to sense that nudge towards yeah. something new or something that, that he is, you know, whether he gives you dreams and he just keeps reminding you that I have something more for you. I have real pearls for you. Um, I think that's a great story. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter is just young enough to, where that could could actually happen, you know, where we yeah. Were, do that. What a, what an awesome, what an awesome inspire. I'm inspired. And you, you know, that the book and the journey would not have happened. I mean, if we're being completely honest here, had 
I not said yes to Mary Kay and taken a, there was a giant leap of faith in doing that. And I'll tell you my biggest leap of faith in saying yes to Mary Kay was my own ego mm. because I was somebody who was in the sales world and I had six figure incomes. I mean, I was, I was really good at what I did mm. and to leave that and to tell people you're selling Mary Kay um, was just a little, honestly, it was my own ego. Yeah. But if that had not happened, then I would not have found God hadn't baptized and then had all of the lessons while I was in there to be able to then write the book. Yeah. Yeah. And everything that I learned there, I needed going forward on the book side. It was Mm -hmm. so crazy. Mm -hmm. It was so great. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so the process of writing the book, I'm sure was, uh, was really interesting. Um, you (laughs) named yourself the joyologist. Uh-huh. Uh, we have someone on our in our organization on our in our family. Uh, she's the essential joyologist. Her name I is like Al, it, and she just wrote a book, uh, and it's coming yeah. out self published. Yes, but um, so I'm just curious, what is a joyologist to you? What is that? Well, definition? I think a joyologist is somebody who looks for joy always in the most unlikely of places, no matter you know, the circumstances, but the name came up because I was telling a girlfriend of mine, Caroline Boudreaux, I said, Caroline, what am I going to even say I do now? Cause I don't have a book. I'm not going to, I'm not really a writer. What, what, what do I even say? I just want to stand on mountaintops and I want to talk about, you know, how amazing women are. And I want to talk about joy and I want to talk about God. And she goes, so you're a joyologist. <laughs> I was like, there you okay, go. done. <laughs> so that's how I came to it. I do. I want to stand up on mountain talks and talk about God and joy. Yeah. So do you get to get in front of uh, the Mary Kay audience or other kind of network marketing type, uh, but who's your audience? Where, who do you like to speak in front of typically? Well, the, um, so I've been out of Mary Kay two years now mm-hmm. and um, I have done two organizations for network marketing, but I really, um, I didn't chase too much of the speaking stuff while I was in the throes of all the book stuff. Mm-hmm. Um also, because there was a lot of personal stuff, we were in the middle of a move, the yeah, caretaker, I, I just, yeah, all kinds of stuff. It was not the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but now um, the speaking stuff has been more Christian sprinkled for sure. Um, women, mm-hmm. those, those kind of organizations and, and a lot of women's groups with church organizations. Yeah. Like their, and I imagine their with COVID, COVID it's, it's definitely changed your schedule. It has. And I'm so glad that honestly, that my life wasn't, um, I am not somewhere when, where my income is based off of my speaking because that, although everybody who was speakers that just killed them. And it was, it's been hard to see because you, you know, you're not going out speaking. Um, I have a speaking engagement in August and she's like, no, we're going to do it. And I'm like, you sure? (laughs) (laughs) You sure about that? (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting times for sure. But um, but I'm glad your hope is not centered on speaking engagements or a large no. part of your your income is is derived from that. But you can just be free to be able to share the hope that you have and uh, yeah. the joy that you have um, in the midst of all of that. I don't want to spoil too much of the book for people. I think we've sprinkled enough of your story in. But is there is there a story that you'd like to tell us a particularly um, inspiring story or motivational story that you think our audience would really um, be moved by, uh, whether it's in the book or, or or something personal that you've kind of feel led to share. 
So the, yeah, the book is a collection of essays. And when I went to start writing the book, I Googled, how do you write a book? Um, so if you think like I was equipped stepping into this, not at all, just like somebody stepping into direct sales for the first time, all that you have to do is take the leap, you know, and then there's another step, another step, but do not go into, don't not move because you don't understand everything there is coming. And, um, so the, um, when I, I started working with an editor and I, she said, is it one fluid stories or a collection of essays? And I said, is that a thing? She said, yeah. And I go, then that's it. That's what it is. It's a collection of essays. So I would say probably the most popular story is a, a story called a chapter called uh, the joy and getting lucky. Mm-hmm. And it is the chapter about my prosthetic breast lucky and his um, escape during a, a boat adventure. Wait, what? Huh? Prosthetic yeah, breast named lucky. <laughs> I don't even so want to go there. There's some jokes the most there that I'm not hilarious say. chapter. So funny. It's so funny. And, um, but I would say if there's a, a message, um, especially given kind of who your audience is, I will tell you this story. Okay. So in the final, my final year, um, in Mary Kay, we, uh, were racing to hit a million dollar goal and it had rarely been done in the history of our company. And it's certainly not been done with a team as small as mine. And especially one that had done a third of that number the year before it was just Everybody was like, oh, it's so cute that you think that's going to like, aren't you funny? Yeah, good girl. And we were having a great year, but midway in that year, um, I, it wasn't coming together. In fact, I could, I could see this maybe do 600, maybe 700, um, but it just wasn't coming together. So I was trying to think about how do I pivot through this? How do I tell them we're not going to hit this big goal halfway through the year because it's just not coming. It's not there. I'm a super big strategist. If it's not on paper, then it's just must not happen, you know? Um, and we had a, we had a, a new year's family gathering and my sister was going through the throes of breast cancer herself treatment. And 10 days later, she unexpectedly passed away in her bed. Mm. And um, I flew to be with my parents. And of course we were going through everything. And I remember her saying, she said, um, so when you finished a million, do I get to go on stage with you? Okay. I'm going to need to borrow a dress. She was so excited about this goal. And I asked with my parents permission, could I, would it be okay if I still raced for this goal, but kind of in her honor said, I can tell her story because if I ended up top three, then I would be able to stand on a stage in front of 10,000 women in the Dallas convention center and sell the the story of my sister. Yeah. And so we pivoted and everything became hashtag Kim's million. And mm. everything was about honoring her and her legacy and her memory. And then I got to talk about her and I could just hear her in my mind saying, don't blame me for not hitting your goal. I could just hear her like, don't you go blaming me for not hitting your goal. And I didn't want her to re- be the reason I didn't do something. I wanted her to be the reason I did do something. Yeah. And so as we, I mean, our team just was on fire after that. Nothing changed. The mindset changed, right? The mindset, yeah. the story changed. Nothing changed though. And I, you still in those... had the same strategy. It still wasn't mm-hmm. looking incredibly bleak, but mm-hmm. there was a, a mission and a purpose, mm-hmm. a greater purpose in everyone. Right. And everyone, especially yeah. me, you know, I had to, to lead the way in that I, always. I worked harder. I sold more. I recruited more. I was the leader. That's what the leaders do. Mm-hmm. And, um, in the last 45 days, I saw it. There's again, look at that spreadsheet. It is not coming together. And I went to my best friend's house, Callie, and we sat on her bed, cross-legged. We were holding each other's hands. I said, I need to come over and pray because it's not happening. Like it's falling apart. It's not happening. Mm. 
And I was sitting there, I was crying. And I said that, I said, Callie, I've run the numbers. I have looked at it. I've looked at what we have. It is not going to happen. There's no way. And I don't know what to do. Mm. And she looked at me and she smiled and she goes, I'm so glad. And I was like, what the, I'm going to punch my best friend right here and now. (laughs) And she said, you have entered into the faith zone. She said, before that it was strategy. Now it's faith. When you don't know how it's going to come together, then God gets the glory for the win at the end. Finally, and so he did. Finally, yes. he has yeah. what he wants you. Yeah, like completely vulnerable. And I love the saying that God can move mountains, but don't be surprised when he throws you the shovel. So we never quit working because it was in the work that he could, ble- all the blessings came, you know, these yeah. crazy things. We never stopped. And then uh, five minutes to midnight on the last day, it happened. So mm. we five went minutes over to midnight? On December 31st or whatever. The well, last our end was. of year is actually June. Like the Mary Kay world is crazy right now because the June end of 30th. the Mary Kay world is June 30th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Uh-huh. Wow. That's it's amazing. Crazy. Were you just super ecstatic and just giving God the glory? And did you get to share your mm-hmm. sister's story? Yeah. I sure did. I did. Oh. And it was amazing and wonderful. And um, I think it moved a, a lot of people's lives to be able to talk about her and share that kind of story with them. And mm. it was a great moment. And the kind of thing that fueled me is I didn't want to make the phone call saying, mom and dad, I didn't finish Gibbs Million. I like that one moment played over and over and over. And we finished. I just heard an interview with the the man who invented Ring and sold Uh it to Amazon. Jamie uh, Siminoff is his name. It was was one of those How how I Built This podcasts. Yeah, right. And um, he was highly motivated by fear. In, in many cases, mm-hmm. fear of someone duplicating what he was doing, fear of, right. of just everything. Um, and I think there's, we talk a lot about fear on the courage cast because uh, it's faith over fear, but it's wonderful to talk about stuff, right? But right. <laughs> there's nothing that compares to living it mm-hmm. and then sharing it because in the moment, th- there's just you know, it, 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 you cannot compare the feeling, but what did it do in you to go through and enter the faith zone? Um, what did that do for your outlook? And this, you said this was the year before you, you, you finished. Yes. Yeah, so we finished that, that in June. Mm-hmm. And then I had that dream in November. Yeah. And then I left a few months later. Yeah. Um, so um, what did it, what's the question? What did it do for? Yeah. What did it tell me what that did for you to, to, while all of this was happening with your sister and while all of this, um, personally was going on and you're looking at the bleak numbers and you, 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 have got everyone behind you. So in some, in some ways there's added pressure. It's easier when you, when you don't put it out there that this is what I'm going for. And, you know, so the pressure of I've got to, I can't do, I can't not do this for my sister, you know, like right. it's, it's incredible. Well, I, you, you put yourself out there, but it, it did. I put myself like out there that? over and over and over. And I talked about it over and over and over because I just wanted to be held accountable yeah, right to my, to myself, you know, and mm-hmm. I am driven by, um, you know, the perception of failure was driving for me. Yeah. I'm, for, I'm sure that that's a therapy session, but whatever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like it did drive me to not fail in mm-hmm. front of thousands of people. And, mm-hmm. um, but I had every reason to, I knew that I did and I knew it was okay. And I knew that there was a part of me that was definitely 
I'd maybe put, I'd put off the grief process and it was easier to work like a dog to, than to really be in the grief because I definitely, as soon as we finished, I hit it hard, the grief. Yeah. Um, it was, it was hard. Um, I'm so glad I did it because had I not done it, I wouldn't have gotten a book deal with one of the top three publishers in the world. Um, because it was what I did in my past that had them. So had I not gone for that, had he not done the, um, setting records and those kind of things that I don't think it would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, Don. Now you're going to be on uh, Huckabee this weekend. I think you're coming. Hey, you are going to see him. Uh, see you yeah. on there. I'll be looking for that. I'm setting my, okay. uh, my DVR for that. Um, <laughs> where can we find more about you? How, how can we enter into the Don Barton story and um, get involved with whatever it is that you want to, uh, to promote? So this Yeah, is I'd love for you to come. I, the that. place that I am the most active like you want to be friends, like and hang out with me. The place that I am the most active is actually Instagram stories. I'm kind of a, a, a much to the dismay of many, I'm sure, but I share every single day and just talk and I'm a girl with no makeup on and just sharing stories, but Instagram. And that is Don R Barton. I always say it sounds like a, a pirate Don R Barton, but it's Don R Barton. <laughs> and same, same on Facebook, Don Barton, Joyologist, but it's Don R Barton on Facebook as well. And you can okay. find me at donbarton.com. Okay, so that made me just think we need to get you on Instagram stories. So there you are, Dawn. Welcome to the Courage Cast. You've been an awesome, awesome guest on the Courage Cast. I'm so pumped that you joined us. And uh, this is uh, this is going to be fun. So I thought I'd just put you on this. You want to say anything? I'm so glad the- you did. <laughs> there you I'm are, so glad baby. you did. Ah! Ah, right. This is so great. Yeah. All right. Well, this is so good. Um, Dawn, thank you for just letting me connect with you and uh, let you connect to the courageous community. Um, didn't have any questions, too many shy people. We got to work on that courage uh, to ask questions, uh, but, okay. uh, but it's okay. Totally great. You can ask me later and I'm happy to answer them. Yes, that's good. Okay. All right, Dawn. Well, thank you again for taking so much time. Thank and you. the book is, um, uh, let me just laughing through the ugly cry and laughing. finding unstoppable joy. Yes, there we go. Uh, you can find it on Amazon, anywhere, uh, any books are sold. Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Christianbook.com. So proud to have you on and thankful uh, to have you on, Dawn. This was so fun. I feel like I have a new friend. Thanks for having me. You do. When you're in Nashville, we'll, uh, we'll be looking for you and uh, I'd love to. cheering you on from Nashville. All right. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to The Courage Cast today. Please join us in the Courageous Community at CourageousCommunity.com. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, please write a quick rating and review.